You're listening to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. This is episode number 14, recorded in October 2011. Welcome to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. My name is Dave Stahoviak. And my name is Sandy Morgan. And this is the show where we empower you to study the issues, be a voice, and make a difference in ending human trafficking. And Sandy, we are going to take time today to look through another lens that will help all of us to become more effective at understanding not just what we see on the surface, but some of the root causes of trafficking. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we closed the last show with a question on prevention. And that really makes you start thinking about how do we end human trafficking by being a little more intentional and proactive about prevention strategies. And so... One of the things we're going to do today is I think you're going to walk me through an exercise of how to look through this visually. So we'll do our best to do this uh, uh, over the uh, airwaves here, but to really understand this more holistically. And before we jump into the exercise, keep in mind, if you have questions that come up about issues related to human trafficking, about topics that we talk about on today's episode, be sure to uh, don't keep your question to yourself. If you have that question, it probably 10 other people listening do as well. So be sure to email that question to us so we can respond to it. And you can email us at gcwj at vanguard.edu. And Sandy will receive it over at the Global Center for Women and Justice here exactly. at Vanguard, which sponsors the podcast. And if, if you want to call, you can call and leave a message, 714-556-3610, extension 2242. So Sandy, walk me through what we're going to be talking about today and how we're going to look at this issue a little more holistically. Well, we want to explore the causes and effects of the problem so that we can really get our hands on to some mechanisms for developing solutions. Hmm. So we we offer a um, training every semester called Hands That Heal. It was developed by... Um, the Faith Alliance Against Slavery and Trafficking. And so we do a train the trainer. In fact, the next one will be November 18th and 19th. If anyone's interested in that, you can email. But one of our class exercises is developing a problem tree. And so I thought I'd walk you through that. Dave, you did such a great job when we did our internet safety quiz. 100% A+. I'm I'm sure that you're going to do a great job on drawing a problem tree. I've given myself a high bar to live up to. So uh, I am ready. So tell me what this, I have not done a problem tree before. And if you're listening to this um, podcast while you're driving, please do not take your eyes off the road and do not write any notes. But if you're (laughs) sitting at the table or in a chair, get a piece of paper and just sketch with us. So draw a tree, draw the trunk. And the trunk is, this is, this is trafficking. Trafficking is the trunk. And then um, you start drawing branches. When you draw a tree, generally people start with the trunk, then they, they start with branches, and then they add leaves to it. And, and so we often see what are the branches of human trafficking. What are the things that we see in our community that are evidence 
that this is a problem. So like the tree, these are the most vis- visible elements of the issue. So what would be some examples of things that we would see on the, the leaves of this human trafficking tree, for lack of a better term? Well, um, some of the things that were identified in our class is that people um, saw increased crime rates as a result of human trafficking. They saw um, evidence of pimps and lots of, uh, they identified teen pregnancies, that rape was one of the things associated with um, trafficking. They looked at psychological issues and uh, people that were trapped in bondage because of debt bondage, because of coercive threats. Remember the the elements of human trafficking are force, fraud, and coercion. And those are things that we can identify. We see victims who are um, in a in a place where they don't have any resources. So we look at this and and. One of the problems that our class identified was generational cycles of poverty. We also see as evidence that this is a problem that there's high demand out there. And we, um, our class determined that because they looked at, at ads on the internet and in newspapers that offered thinly veiled commercial sex um, ads. And what what is that about? And how do we how do we begin to develop a solution? One of the problems that we see in um, pimps recruiting and in high risk areas. Uh, last last episode, we talked about the recent report on Native American women, and ninety five percent were homeless. So they were very vulnerable to being recruited. So how do you begin to do intervention? Well, some of the prevention strategies have been very awareness um, focused. And there are some great projects out there um, that are based on that kind of philosophy. And they'll pass out little cards saying, um, here, uh, don't listen to people who offer you a job don't um, don't go with someone who's going to take advantage of you. They teach girls about the lover boy scenario that we've talked about in the past, right? And um, and that increased awareness um, isn't necessarily very helpful in real prevention when you're homeless. Yeah. So I uh, so I have a tree here. So I've got my trafficking trunk, okay, uh, which is the the issue, of course. And I, I've driven a. Uh, 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 drawn a palm tree, of course, in some California. And <laughs> so I've got um, all these issues you just mentioned, uh, Sandy. So uh, psychological issues, psychopoverty, rape, uh, you know, the uh, teen pregnancies, uh, course of threat. So all of these are leaves of the tree. And I think the analogy here is, is that those, those are things we can see. So mm-hmm. if I look at a tree out on the street, you know, outside our house, I can I can see the leaves of the tree. I can see the trunk. So all these things are the visual things, the things, the we things can that identify, are identifiable. Exactly. One, one of the big things that um, the class identified was the heavy burden on our social systems. Um, and I think every day I, I see something in the news about our foster system that is overloaded and, and people are um, outraged that kids are falling through the cracks. Um, then we have uh, probation departments that are working in with juvenile offenders 
And this is, you know, one of the things for us to remember when we're looking at issues around kids is that our juvenile justice system is supposed to be a rehabilitative system. Our criminal justice system is punitive, but our juvenile justice is supposed to be rehabilitated. However, the system is so overloaded that it's very difficult for it to function in that way. Mm-hmm. So then that's a that's an, an outcome that we can see that's visible. So what are the what are the roots? And that's pretty easy to look at that one. There's there's just a lot less resource out there for those agencies. And where their um their job is uh requiring more resources, the resources available, the funding resources are not there. So this is now starting to transition to looking at what's underground then here so too. So now we want to yeah, we want to look and see what are the roots of the problem. And and a very simple root is the lack of resources for the the social systems that we count on to help do interventions and to do um uh, preventions especially with um children. And so this is in the ground under the tree then, this, these, these pieces? So, yeah, so begin to think visually of roots and they're growing underground and they're going to produce something. And uh, what okay. those roots are will determine what kind of leaves you have. So if the roots are really, really ugly things, the leaves are not going to look very attractive either. So the lack of resources is one of these roots that contributes to the trafficking problem. The, the problem exactly. that we can see exactly. Okay, um, one of the one of the roots that our class identified was the number of kids who age out of the foster care system. So the system is already overloaded, but now what happens to a young person that turns eighteen? And when you when you go to um, the internet, you do some research. There are very, very few programs that will help that young person transition between being 18 and being uh, being 17 and having a place to stay that's provided through social services. And it's such a challenging and difficult system, Sandy. I, I've heard some stories of uh, folks who have been in that system, and I uh, just this past week heard a story on NPR on the show called the story mm-hmm. back. It was, I believe it was, um, it was about a week and a half ago. So folks look online and NPR is the story and just the story about a, a young woman in New York city who was single, who decided to become a foster parent and her, uh, her journey through fostering kids. And it was just an amazing story and also very heartbreaking of the stories of some of the children and, the uh, their path early and then of course later in their childhood and and it's easy to see how that can be such a a strong contributing factor to uh, folks being affected by trafficking so a child that is getting some help in the foster system and turns 18 suddenly doesn't have access to those resources anymore so this issue that we talked about before with a marginalized population of being homeless makes them very vulnerable to someone who offers them a way out, a place to sleep, um, a way 
to survive. And so one of the prevention solutions that we need to be looking at is how do we do a better job of offering resources to young people who are aging out? One of the things that we know about kids who are in the foster system is that the large majority of them have been um, in the system for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. They they don't have the normal kinds of family support. So going to college is going to be a bigger challenge. Um, finding a job is going to be a bigger challenge. They're not, nobody's going to be giving them a car for their 18th birthday. Yeah. And in fact, instead, they might be given um, their farewell notice that their housing is no longer available to them because they're 18. And lots of kids are not finished with high school at 18. So they may still be in high school. And there are some bridge programs for those kids that um, have been very helpful. I wish these were the only two factors leading to human trafficking, uh, Sandy, but unfortunately there are many more. So what are some of the other, uh, I've got a couple more routes uh, drawn here. So what else uh, do you see as being a key piece? Well, we have the issue of demand and this is something we've already talked about. We're going to have to do an entire program on demand Mm -hmm. and demand is fed by the society, the consumer's desire for cheap labor cheap products. Um, It is not just associated with sex trafficking, although that is a big part of demand as well. So how do we begin to um, develop solutions that identify um, at-risk businesses and consumer um, um, patterns that actually allow for um, trafficking to be profitable? And one thing that folks may remember if they've listened to some of our earlier episodes when we talked about trafficking being a big business back in episode number two, I believe it was, Sandy, that mm. that is it we all play a role in this demand equation. It's not just the uh, person that's out for sex. there there is a larger economic factor here that we all need to look at as in the choices we make about the purchases we make and the organizations that we support. So, uh, so I, I'm guessing that's so a that, pretty, pretty yeah. big root. So that big root right there is probably going to be labeled greed because mm. we want more and, and we And we want things just, cheap. We want it cheap. We want somebody else to mow the lawn and somebody else to wash the windows and somebody else to cook the food. And so we want, but we don't want to pay a lot for it. We want to go to that buffet and get all you can eat. But who is getting paid and who is not getting paid? And asking ourselves that question and addressing that issue from um, a cultural perspective as well as um, how are we going to monitor that in in our communities? This is a big part of developing solutions. Uh, It's a lot of things to think about and uh, uncomfortable things to think about, Sandy, because we all unfortunately do play a role in this. I think one of the things that is a root problem that has gained a lot of attention in recent weeks is media hypersexualization of children. Um, I think of the uh, recent reports of, of a six-year-old on the runway in a modeling um, uh, fashion show wow. in very, very inappropriate attire from our perspective. Mm-hmm. And how do we... How do we handle that? What do we do 
um, do we continue to allow little children who don't have the capacity to know a different way and it becomes the norm for them? Um, do we try to figure out how to um, enlist parents who are going to be better role models for them? So when they don't understand their own roles, they don't understand their own identity, and it's not a healthy identity, they become more vulnerable to the deception and to the kind of media attention that will exploit them. And that's what sex trafficking is all about. It's about exploiting the sexuality, um, selling commercial sex acts. Hmm. Another big root in our tree is addiction. So whenever we're talking about human trafficking, um, substance abuse issues are not far away. And we haven't really talked much about addiction on previous episodes, Sandy. So um, tell me a little more about that. No, we haven't. In fact, the very first victim of human trafficking that I ever uh, provided any aftercare for was a 14-year-old boy whose... um, mother and stepfather were selling him to pay for their drugs. Mm. Um, Last year, a case that was tried in Orange County was um, related to a gang that sold a 15-year-old girl in exchange for drugs. Over and over and over again, it's the same story that the substance abuse drives the victimization of a child, a woman, um, in order to feed this addiction. So we have to we have to really look at not keeping these things separate. The the drug issue is very related to the human trafficking issue. And Sandy, as we've talked about on previous episodes, it's very difficult to get good statistics around many of these things because of course many of these crimes go unreported. Um, that said, are there any numbers out there as far as how how many or what percentage of trafficking cases there is a a drug connection or drug relation to that would be that'll take a little bit of research i'm mm. sure that there there is some some research out there um and i'm so happy that i have all these wonderful students at vanguard and will definitely ask some of them to to start doing a lit review on that and come back to you okay, with an answer great. on that another one of the big roots of trafficking that feeds the vulnerability of the victims is a history of abuse. And the abuse of a child psychologically, physically, spiritually, sexually, those all are um, documented aspects of what creates a good victim. So that people who are trying to lure young people into uh, commercial sexual exploitation um, will look for uh, young people who are already um, suffering from the after effects of a life of abuse. And maybe they're running, they've run away from um, an abuse situation. So it's not that there wasn't a home, it's just that in their home, it was too painful to stay, and they ran away from that. Here in California, according to the, this year's statistics, there are 200,000 12 to 17-year-olds who are homeless, and many of those are me. homeless because of abuse. One of the other parts of abuse that we don't 
often think about, we think about the physical, there's a black eye or a bruise or a broken, broken bone. Um, we, we often um, hear reports on, on child sexual abuse. What we don't talk about is child neglect. And neglect is mm. another area of abuse that is really important. Children who have no supervision and become very vulnerable to someone who a neighborhood um, older uh, student or adult that offers them some some friendship and oh by the way let's watch this program and it's pornographic and so they become um, very easy to groom and that is that's something that's just not rooted in an abuse per se from the that someone is is outwardly physically abusing but it is still abuse when they're when you have children that no one is watching no one is protecting i'm often asked how can we do better prevention with our children and the reality is children can't process how to protect themselves and so it's our job as the adults to protect them so a lot of the prevention involves parents and adults in the community developing very good strategies for protecting the children. It's sad, uh, Sandy, that the most vulnerable often become the first victims. And uh, so it speaks to the importance of what we talked about back in uh, episode 12 about protecting kids online as being one of those factors of really Mm -hmm. having good systems, tools in place that really do create awareness and that keep people educated, but also really prevent uh, the most vulnerable from being taken advantage of. And I know that there's so many other lenses just in addition to online, but of really being able to tackle that and to use the resources that are available to us to do that. And the predators, the perpetrators, the traffickers are going to look for the easiest victims. That's that's how they do their business. And those victims are runaways and abused and um Sometimes they, we call them throwaways, those kids. This, uh, this picture is unfortunately starting to take shape, and, it, and it, it makes sense, Andy. So I see all these things on the top, the trunk of the tree, the leaves that we see, and then, of course, the things underground here, all these roots that I'm drawing, lack of resources, demand, greed, abuse, addiction. Uh, it, it really is a, a good way to visualize how this all fits together and how these relate because it and it's easy to go after the leaves. Yes. Because you can see that and you can attack that. But that's not really what's driving the issue in and, it sounds like in most cases. And I think we can start using a little different terminology. When we're looking at the leaves on this tree, mm-hmm. let's talk about interventions. We're going to intervene in something that's already um, being produced because of the root problem. So I'm not saying that we shouldn't be looking at the leaves. We need to look at the leaves. Right. But we also have to get a more focused on how we're going to do real prevention, which is at the root level. Uh, another area. So, so we need to look at the whole tree is what you're saying. Yeah, the roots. And, I, and the roots are going to take a little more time. Right. And we have to be a lot more patient. Uh, we're not going to even be able to see the results. We're not even going to be able to see the results when we first start attacking those root things. And for Westerners, 
we are very into instant gratification. We want to see results right now. We are. And in this very competitive funding um, era season because of the economy, um, results are what get you the funding. So doing this kinds of slow growth strategies is not as attractive to most organizations. So we, we need to find ways then to um, make it more attractive for more organizations to be involved in these root issues. So it's easier for organizations to go after the intervention type things, which again, as we've mentioned, are, are very important to do. Mm-hmm. But but also in addition to that, we need to be we need to be looking at the root causes. And I, you know, I think of our neighborhood here, Sandy, of um, we have a tree outside our front yard that they do regular maintenance on the leaves, but there are some real issues with the roots and they're always hesitant to come out to handle the root issue because it costs a lot of time and resources for them to handle the real problem. But it's, it's exactly like this, this lens we're looking through uh, around trafficking. And I would encourage people to really sit down and think about what some of the other root issues are. We, we've barely broken the surface on exploring this. I think one of the areas that um, we can also look at is the socioeconomic issues, poverty, and what are some of the pieces of that route that might be involved, um, lack of affordable housing, language barriers with um, uh, families that are um, broken and blended families and uh, with unemployment, um, families moving in together. So there's more than one family in the, in the same house and the issues multiply and become, um, overwhelming so that when you look at the tree, you see a tree that is not healthy. And if we, if we look at it from the perspective of the ugliness of the roots, then we're going to expect really ugly leaves but if you look at it, if you look at it from the perspective of um, productivity and lots and lots of leaves, the fact that these roots are continuing to grow unrestrictedly um, means that these, this tree is going to thrive. Human trafficking will thrive in our community as long as we only rake the leaves up and um, get rid of the mess, but we don't address the root issues. We've got to get a more focus on why this is happening. And I think that speaks to what we're doing with the podcast here, Sandy, and trying to do is I think both of us knew when we started doing this podcast that we wouldn't see immediate results as far as uh, people taking what they've learned here and going out and utilizing it and and that that would not be something that would turn the tide immediately but that over time for the people uh, you know for for you who are listening to us right now that by you educating yourself and learning about these issues and studying these issues that over time that really does help us to address the root of the problem because we have people going out in the world who are empowered with good knowledge and good resources and so I'm I'm excited that we continue this show to continue to educate people out there to really be able to take action in a way that's effective and proactive. And there are people out there 
who have expertise in areas that I know nothing about, like affordable housing. How do we do better affordable housing? And how do we make choices about city initiatives, county initiatives, state initiatives that create housing opportunities for people? Those are, those are issues that are way beyond what I can take care of in the classroom, but they're root issues that our community can find solutions for. Believe it or not, Sandy, that's going to just about be our time for today again. Uh, and I know you have a visual of this uh, this uh, tree. Is this something that can be that we can yeah. get on the website, or we can, that we, can... we can make this available to you? And if you would like to come to the class and build your own problem tree, please email gcwj at vanguard.edu for information on how to register for the November 18 and 19 Hands at Heel training. And that's here in Southern California? Here at Vanguard University. In uh, Costa Mesa, California. So it's right smack dab in the middle of Orange County. And so uh, what else, uh, for folks who may be interested, maybe local, Sandy, are, are would the class cover and would it, uh, would it really look at? It'll really look at the causes and the push and pull factors, many of the same kinds of things that we talk about on the podcast, but it'll also go into aftercare and how to educate people in your community about human trafficking. You'll leave there with a community um, uh, book that will help you lead a discussion in your own community and prepare leaders to address the root issues. And are you leading the training or is it someone else? Yes, I am. Oh, great, great. Well, in, that's, a, that's a great resource for people to know about. And so if, you know, this podcast is really just the, the series of this podcast is really just the tip of the iceberg as far as how much we can all learn and educate ourselves around uh, being able to end human trafficking. And so if that's something that's of interest to you, be sure to send an email to us and Sandy will get you information about that upcoming training, November 18th and 19th. You can email us at gcwj at vanguard.edu. And by the way, that's also the address to send an email if you have comments or questions on anything we've said today that we can address in a future show. Or of course, folks can call Sandy as well. Yes, at 714-556-3610, extension 2242. And we will be back in two weeks with another episode. Sandy, thanks so much again for your time. Thank you. It's great.